Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. In today's episode of the Ion Foxborough podcast, we're going to dive into a surprisingly big game in Miami this weekend. Could have huge implications on the trade deadline looming and where the Patriots will go from there. Two and six and three and five are very different places, especially given the way the schedule breaks after that. We're also going to dive into the Malik Cunningham situation, what to make of Mac Jones' last-minute drive last weekend. Can he build on that? And we're going to offer our predictions for the game. But before we get there, got a couple promo codes for you. At Caesars with promo code MASSGET, you bet $50, you'll get $250 in bonus bets. And at BetMGM with promo code MASSLIVE, you can get a deposit match up to $1,000. One bet that I like this weekend is over 46 and a half in the Patriots game. I think there's going to be some points out there, and it looks like Tyreek Hill is going to play. So, yeah, I like the over in this game. All right, now let's get to the pod. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here in Foxborough with Mark Daniels. Mark, how we doing, bud? Doing great. The weather is really nice. It really works out well for us because we're in nice weather here in New England, and we're going to go to Miami for the weekend where it's also going to be hot out. So we kind of win all around. Yeah, it kind of broke off for the Patriots, too, where it's going to be in the 80s for practice tomorrow, right before you go to Miami. Like, you can't ask for much more in terms of a simulation here. No, I mean, historically, playing down in Miami is difficult for the Patriots. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games um, in Miami. But a lot of those times, also, you're dealing with extreme temperatures. Players get dehydrated. You know, it's it's tough playing in that hot Florida sun. But, hey, when it's 70, 80s degree here in, in Foxborough and you're going to have similar weather down south. It sort of mitigates the advantage, I would say. Doesn't necessarily mean the Patriots are going to beat the Dolphins, but it is an intriguing matchup, Chris, nonetheless, because of what just happened. For those who listen to our podcast, you'll know um, I was shocked on Sunday night because the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills, um, an upset I, I did not see coming. The Patriots have dug themselves in a hole, Chris. You know, they start one in five. We're all right in the obituary saying it's time to sell off pieces, tank for Caleb Williams or whoever, Drake May. And all of a sudden the Patriots say, ah, wait, we're, we might actually have some life in us. But if you're going to dig out of a hole, you know what you have to do, guys? In the NFL, you have to keep winning. You have to keep upsetting good teams. So if the Patriots really want to get out of this, out of this hole and show that they are actually, you know, contenders or not, one of the worst teams in the NFL, they have to beat teams like Miami. Yeah. And it's going to be fascinating if they can pull off another upset and they're huge underdogs again, like the first six games were the first six games, you know, it's, it's kind of like 
if you have a horrible freshman year, those grades still go on your transcript when you're trying to move on. So those are still there. They're huge underdogs. But if they win this game and get back to three and five, you can see how they can talk themselves into building momentum and actually, I don't want to say getting back into the playoff race, but climb back to 500 at least and then going from there. Because from Miami, then you have the commanders coming here. You got the Colts in Germany with Gardner Minshew. You got the Giants after that who are a mess. Then you have the Chargers and Steelers. So you could build some momentum here if you jump to three and five, but you got to jump to three and five. And not only that, after after those teams you just listed, you also have the Denver Broncos who have been a mess and the Jets who are always, they're always kind of the Jets, even when they're tough. They're the Jets. You could win or lose to them any year. You, you don't know. So there are winnable games you know, on their schedule after this week. I think, you know, we look at their schedule going forward. Their three hardest matchups, Chris, are, are very clear. It's this weekend at Miami. It's welcoming in Kansas City Chiefs. And then it's at Buffalo. Those are the three matchups people think you're going to lose. Now, if you can somehow, some way, upset the Miami Dolphins team that, by the way, is dealing with a handful of injuries to important players, that would that would create some life. So here's a question for you, Chris. Last week when we potted, we talked about players the Patriots should sell. Should they sell at the deadline? We both said, yes, they should sell off their pieces. If the Patriots beat the Miami Dolphins, does that alter the way they should handle the upcoming NFL trade deadline? Does it alter the way they'll handle it? Yes, I think it will. Should it? No, I don't think it should. Because even with the schedule that we just ran through, everything is going to have to break perfectly for them to be a playoff team. And I just don't see that happening. So ultimately, I think they should still sell no matter what. Even if they win in Miami, they're three and five. I, I don't see it happening this year. I don't see I think they need to start planning for the future. So I would start selling pieces either way. How do you feel about it? So I feel like if they win on Sunday, it makes it less likely that they will sell off trade pieces. Um, I, I would be surprised if they were to upset, you know, the Bills and Dolphins back to back. Then they're like, you know what? We're going to trade away uh, Trent Brown, Josh Uchet, and and Kendrick Bourne. But I, I think when you're looking at this team and where the franchise is headed, if there are pieces they think are dispendable, a la Josh Uchet, and you can get, say, a third round pick for him, I, I would make that move. I, I think collecting extra draft capital is important as you need to rebuild this franchise. So, yeah, I think the Patriots could theoretically win somewhere between six and eight games if, you know, if they get on a good streak here. That's still going to put you in a weird spot where you're picking like 15 to 18. It's just so hard, Chris, to get those elite, talented prospects in those draft slots. And right now the Patriots don't have any extra picks in the first five. I think it's the first five rounds. That's not great for a team that's going to be rebuilding. I will say this. I, I would be surprised if the Patriots were to trade off some of those offensive pieces, just because when, when you start to see things clicking with Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien, I, I would just be shocked if they were like, hey, you know what, let's let's get let's trade Kendrick Bourne or Trent Brown or, or Mike Uwenu. Those guys are just so vital to even just putting a competent product on the field. I think you would be doing a disservice to everyone on your football team if you let them go. Defensively, however, I, I do think Josh Uche might be one of the most likely players to go. I, I don't know I, about Kyle Duggar. I mean, Kyle Duggar, I kind of go either way. I think I'm with you where I think Uche is the most likely trade piece just because I don't think there's a really big chance they're going to resign him after this year where bill doesn't historically pay for like one trick ponies that are great with pat with the pass rush and i think his 11 and a half sacks last year were going to jump out to someone in free agency someone's going to overspend for him and i don't think that's ever been bill's mo with that specific type of player offensively 
Yeah, I mean, the quickest way to torpedo this entire thing would be to trade Trent Brown. Like, the offensive line has been an absolute mess, and he's playing really, really good football right now. He's yeah. been your one constant throughout. If you take him away from Mac Jones' blind side, I think the whole thing crumbles like a house of cards. So I, I don't think that's a smart move if you want to remain competitive. But it, it'll be fascinating. Conversely, you, you could say, hey, if the Patriots win, maybe they'll add a piece. Maybe they'll trade. I've got to be honest, guys, unless they're trading a player for a player, I would be very much against the Patriots trading future draft assets. Like, sure, a guy like T. Higgins would, would be great in, in a Patriots uniform and, and a, some type of elite offensive weapon would be phenomenal to have here. And it's really what you're lacking. But I don't think you can trade your first or second round pick right now. You really need the draft picks. You also need to hit on those draft picks. And, and I don't think trading for a guy in, in week, what's it going to be, week nine, using a, a potential 15th overall pick is really the way to handle business, Chris. I, yeah. I Honestly, at this point, I'm kind of leading to them doing nothing, I have to be honest. I think buying would be so, so stupid, where that's something that makes sense if you are a piece away. This roster is absolutely not a piece away. This roster is not five pieces away from no. being a real contender. So I don't know why you would give up future assets based on what this team has shown you this year. And, you know, there are some other people, you know, I'm saying my mentions are on the Internet. We don't have to name names. So we're like, oh, maybe would the Patriots listen to offers on Mac Jones? I don't I don't think so. I I think as the as the way it stands, you know, Mac Jones is here, at least for, for this season. You know, we'll see if he can build off what he did well against Buffalo. And I have a Mac Jones question for you, Chris. Were there things you saw in Buffalo that makes it seem possible that Mac Jones could redeem himself here in New England this season? I mean, there are some flashes and ultimately like he needs to execute and he did. But if you look at the last drive, the big gain there is just a dump off to Ramondre Stevenson. Like we glossed over Ramondre so badly on that last drive. Like we collectively, everybody, he picked up almost 50 of those 75 yards. He was great. And but it all gets glossed over because it's the quarterback that also gets the credit or the blame. And even that last drive was a little hit or miss where. You know, the play before the Jasicki touchdown pass, he had Pop Douglas and just missed him there. Having said that, ultimately, when it came down to it, he did hit Jasicki and they won the game. So ultimately, that's, you know, that's your end result. And it is something to build on. But I still don't I, I still don't see him as a long term answer here. It was it was a nice drive. It was a good game. But I. I think it was kind of an aberration based on what we've seen all year. I think the honest answer about Mac Jones and, and people might hate this because we live in a world where everyone wants answers right now. The truth is we're going to have to wait and see if, if Mac Jones goes out the rest of the way. I, I don't know. I, I'm horrible at math. I don't know how many games we have left. Chris, you can do it in your head. 10, 10 games left. There we go. See, I'm terrible at math. That's that should be really easy. <laughs> we have 10 games left. Let, let's see what Mac Jones can do. If, if he can go out and play above average these last 10 games, it, it might give you some momentum when the Patriots enter the offseason and say, hey, one, let's build either a better depth chart or two, let's draft someone, a high elite type athlete, a quarterback to have them compete with Mac Jones, as opposed to let's trade Mac Jones, because I think everything could be on the table. Signing a big name free agent, which there aren't many, it's Kirk Cousins and guys like Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, trading up for a quarterback, whether it be Drake May, Caleb Williams, you know, but then there's also, they could potentially trade Mac Jones, but I think we don't have the answer right now in week eight, and we're probably not going to have it until, you know, we pod again in January. I think 
Mac will get the rest of the way to sort of show what he can do. And, and if you know, let's be honest, if he can bounce back from those three awful starts we saw against Dallas, the Saints, and the Raiders, and he makes something himself, that's great. It'd be a great sign for his future, but it's it's a big if. Yeah, there's just no like really logical, like, well, of course, if they move up from Mac, they're gonna do this. Where if you're one of the worst two teams in the league and you can get Caleb Williams or Drake May, it's like, okay, yeah, done. That makes sense. But I don't think the Patriots are in a position if they're drafting further down the board in the first round to trade up and trade future picks because this roster is so flawed on offense that you need to hit on those picks. And that's something they have been doing. So trading more picks would be dumb, you know, and there, there's no one in the free agent class that makes you go, OK, I mean, yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm jumping in here because the truth is the way the Patriots are sort of trending after beating Buffalo I don't, I don't know if they're going to be in the top five of draft picks. It kind of feels like they're going to be somewhere. Maybe they could be like the lower half of the top 10, maybe, but more than likely it might still be in the teens. And at that point, it's really hard to get one of those quote unquote sure things. Now think about it a year this past spring, a sure thing was Bryce Young, number one overall pick. He's struggling in Carolina. doesn't have a great supporting cast, but CJ Stroud, who was drafted after him is playing much better. It's so hard to find those guys, right? We can go through the history the Ryan Leafs, the Rick Myers, I'm showing my age there. Like you can draft guys high. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit it. This is why we know finding a franchise quarterback is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. And that's why I think the Patriots are going to be all in for Mac Jones right now. They're going to see what they're going to exhaust this situation and then rebound next off season. You think he could be a backup next year? They decide to bring someone else in. Do you think he'd be okay with doing that? Do you think that's a situation that could work? I think Mac would be okay doing that just because he's um, sort of branded here as a very good teammate. You know, he's, he's a captain. He's someone who teammates do like, and um, let's be honest, he's been a backup a lot in his career at, at sure. Alabama. He was a backup, you know, for, behind Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. even the last year when, you know, his last year when he started, he had to beat up Bryce Young and he didn't complain. He didn't whine. He didn't transfer. That's a big thing about Mac Jones. Like, People give him credit, Alabama, for not transferring. We're in a day and age where everyone hits the transfer portal. Mac Jones didn't. He sat for a long time. I think if he loses a starting job next year, you would see him be a backup. I also think there'd be trade value for him because, I'll be honest, Mac Jones is better than Brian Hoyer. He might be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at the state, even the quarterback situation right now, like if you're the Giants, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Mac Jones? I don't know. You know, it's all sort of eh, eh. But it's a situation where if you have uncertainty at your quarterback position, I don't think trading for Mac Jones and it might only cost you a third, fourth round pick is the worst thing in the world. So if the Patriots do bring in someone next year. I think Mac, yes, would be a backup. But two, I think they would have trade value. Well, on the topic of backups, it's a big market segue right there. Uh, the Patriots cut Malik Cunningham this week, brought him back to the practice squad. What did you make of that move? Uh, it was shocking. It, you know, it was 10 days, 10 days. We got that's all we got of Malik Mania, guys, not even two weeks. You know, for those who want to catch up, Malik Malik Cunningham, very exciting in the preseason, gets cut after training camp, signed to the practice squad, and all of a sudden, Patriots signed with a 53-man roster. It's a three-year deal, as certain people are making a big deal out of. And he spent one game in Las Vegas as the main backup to Mac Jones. They actually ran some plays for him. He played a total of six snaps, two at quarterback, um, four at receiver. Not much happened. And then the next week, he was inactive. And then he was cut. Yeah, very anticlimactic for the Malik Cunningham fans out there. What I made out of it was, 
honestly, what, what I made out of it was the Patriots just saying, hey, guys, um, not so fast. Hold your horses. Malik Cunningham is not ready for the prime time yet. And we are better off rolling with Bailey Zappi and Will Greer. It's not the most exciting thing to happen around here, guys, because Malik Cunningham at a time when we needed it brought some excitement. You know what I make of it? What? They hate their backup quarterback situation, and they're just throwing stuff against the wall, hoping something will stick. They, I don't think they believe in any of these guys as a long-term backup, and that's why you saw Malik leapfrog Zappy on the depth chart. That's why you saw all of them cut. That's why you've seen Will Greer come in and not make any progress on that depth chart. Ultimately, I just think they don't have anyone that they actually like there. It's it's not a great place to be, and ultimately, that's probably why Mac Jones has still been starting after his disastrous three-game stretch. Malik is an interesting prospect, um, but let's also be honest. He was in college for, I want to say, six or seven years at Louisville. He is 25 years old. He's older than the entire rookie class, essentially. He's older than a lot of some second- and third-year NFL players. Malik Cunningham, one, one thing that I thought was interesting when he played in Las Vegas, he you know didn't get many snaps. One of them, he, he messed up. He he had this option, essentially option play, where he handed the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson. If he kept it, he had a lane to his left. The, the right move there would have been to keep it. And then his next snap was a disaster, and he got sacked. It didn't work out for him. And unfortunately, sometimes that's all it takes with a young player, Curse. We saw it with Keishon Booty. Didn't get his feet in bounds on two pass attempts. Hasn't been, act, hasn't been active since. Hell, Demario Douglas fumbled, and he was essentially benched. He's one of your best offensive players. You know, that was the bizarre Bill benching where he's like, I didn't bench him. It's like, he didn't play any offensive snaps after that. He's like, yeah, well, he wasn't benched. It's like, well, then what was he? <laughs> it was like the first quarter. You know, we, I mean, we haven't talked a lot about, you know, speaking of exciting players, we haven't talked a lot about this upcoming game with the Miami Dolphins. Um, they have a very exciting offensive team. You know, the game after the Patriots played them, they put up 70 points against the Broncos, which is ridiculous. This week, Chris... You have um, Tyree Kill dealing with a hip injury. Raheem Moster has been dealing with, I believe, a knee injury. It'll be interesting to me to see if those injuries limit these players in any form or fashion, whether they're out or not at full strength. And honestly, that might be an avenue for the Patriots to actually compete against the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, I also think it's just going to be fascinating to see how the Dolphins adjust. We're in week two, the Patriots held them to 25 points, but... They came out with that three high safety look that nobody was expecting, right? And it worked pretty well where, I mean, Tua took the underneath stuff. It's not like they shut him out, but they held him to 25. And a week later, they scored the Dolphins scored 70 points against the Broncos. So it's clearly effective to some degree. But you don't have the element of surprise anymore with that, right? Like if you roll out that same game plan that worked really well, it's not there. And what's interesting to me about, you know, the Dolphins forever will be the fact that Bill Belichick has not beat Tua Tagovailoa. So weird. I feel like at some point that streak just has to end by like the laws of nature, the laws of the world, right? You, there's no way that Bill Belichick can go his entire Patriot head coaching career. And I don't know how long that's going to be. He can't go without beating Tua, right? Chris, at, at some point you have to beat Tua. I, I just, I can't do the, like the football gods thing anymore <laughs> like that where I thought the same. I thought there's no way Derek Carr is going to come in here and beat Bill Belichick at home after a horrible Cowboy. I, I was like, there's just no way that happens. And then like, it it's not just egg on the face. That's a freaking carton of eggs on the face. Just like, boom, 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 boom. It happened in horrible fashion. So I can't be like, there's no way this can happen, right? Because this stuff keeps happening. And it's not like Bill has the magic wand to wave anymore where it's suddenly like, okay, yeah, it's Bill Belichick. It's like, it's two and five Bill Belichick right now. And it's one of those things like where I, the Patriots have momentum, right? The players are very positive. We can all report they are very positive and upbeat in the locker room. 
you know, it seems like they're having a good time coming off a win. But I'll be honest, they seem like they were in a good mood last week prior prior to that game against the Buffalo Bills. I will not believe that the Patriots can beat the Miami Dolphins until I actually see it, Chris. That's why, for me, I look at this matchup and I say, you know what? I, I'm still going to pick the Dolphins. I think it could be close. It could be like 21 to 20 or 24 to 21 or 24 to 20. I might settle on 24 to 20 here. I think we'll Is see. Is that it. your prediction? Because we're going to do predictions at some point. I mean, we can dive into them. But... I'm saying tw- I'm picking Dolphins 24 to 20. I think it'll be a close matchup. I think the Patriots, because of their coaching, they're going to be in this game, and the Dolphins are not at full health. They're not at full strength, even if Tyreek Hill plays. But, like, I, I just I, – I can't bet or predict the Patriots until they actually beat Tua. Until Bill actually beats Tua, I just, I'm going to have to pick Tua against them. Yeah, I'm also going Dolphins because I think they're a much better roster. I think they're a better team in general. I think the Patriots are horrible in Miami historically. Everything just points to Miami winning this game. I got Dolphins 31, Patriots 24, where I do think they did some good things last week and can keep building on them offensively. But ultimately, I I don't think it's going to be enough to win this game. So uh, I'm going Dolphins here. Agreed. Well, We'll see. All right. That's our pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.